Hello, everybody. This is Rita Springer, and welcome to the Rita Springer podcast. I mean, we are in 2023. The calendar has flipped. 2022 is gone, and we are headed into a whole new year of experience, of wonder, of blessing, and of the unknown. And I'm here for it and I'm ready for it. And oh, I may not be fully ready for it. I mean, let's all be honest, but I am, I've got my head in the game and looking forward to doing uh, a lot of new things this year. And, and just really, I think turning expectation in a way that I haven't done it before, which is great. You know, we started the podcast in the summer of 2022 And so I'm really grateful for 2022 for the experience of the last six months of just releasing this podcast and just really engaging in the conversation of so many different things, but then hearing back from so many different people and, and funny here where I live, just like going to the grocery store or, you know, being in, you know, the most randomest places like the the post office and having somebody say, I love your podcast. It's really great. And it just, I don't know, for me, it's just like, okay, we're doing something. We're doing something that actually has, it matters attached to it. And that's what I love. That is what kind of boomerangs back to my heart. And it's like, okay, I'm, this is, the, this was the right decision. It was a timely decision. And people are being encouraged by it. Cause I think if people weren't being encouraged by it or they weren't grabbing a hold of a resource in it, for me and my personality and what I feel like God's given me, I, I just would be like, this isn't worth it. I mean, it isn't worth it for me to just, to, to share a recipe with you to, for the sense of sharing a recipe. If I were doing a cooking podcast, it, but if I were doing something like that, it would be like, I would want you to experience the same feelings that I have when I make the recipe or when I eat that particular thing. My heart is that you would actually hear what I'm saying and that you would pull in the reality of it, that I'm not just saying it to say it. I'm actually saying it because I believe it. I'm trying to walk it out. If I haven't already walked it out, I'm willing to walk it out. And I want to share just the revelation of community and the revelation of relationship with Jesus with those that either know him or they don't know him. I just think that um, talking about certain things and certain issues, and especially those of us that have faith in the church and have been wounded by the church and, and we're in the church and we love the church and we're having the best time in the church, you know, to talk about all of those things from the perspective of just living life, having community and being honest. Like, man, there's just, I've, I've really, I think I've been astounded by the lack of honesty um, that we have sometimes in our faith filled lives if we can't be honest with where we're at and open with where we're at, then we're we're missing something so valuable in life. And I'm just kind of blunt and I'm just going to say it like it is. And um, I'm not going to beat around the bush. And there are some subjects if I, if I don't feel like I fully can talk about and talk, talk openly about, I'll pull away from them and just hide them in a corner and, and obsessed with them myself. But, but I just, I think that I've loved that. I, I, when I look back, I was asked actually on um, New Year's day, had some friends over and was asked like, what about 2022, you know, 
was your best or your worst part about it. And, you know, I, I found myself just really grateful for the timing of the podcast because I think the timing of the podcast for me and, and being willing to say, no, I really want to reach out and encourage people and extend this whole um, beautiful season that I had with the dive, um, with the dive creative school in really um, helping launch people's heart and helping launch people's um, dreams and, and just encourage them launching the, the, the courage that people need thrown on them in order to say, Hey, look, gosh, I feel that too. I sense that too. I've been in that place as well. And really that's what I want this podcast to be all about is sharing the stories around the table of the real things and the real trials and the real griefs and the real experiences, whether they're these beautiful things that we capture and we feel like we don't deserve them. And they're just these surprise moments of, of, um, acknowledgement and acknowledging that, that we probably shouldn't have been given what we were given, but we were given this and this is how we found it. And this is how God led us down those paths. And this has enriched my life. And even those that are willing to go to the deepest, deepest places of wounding and hurt and say, yeah, it was the worst um, season of my life, but the Lord came in and I saw him in this way and I saw him in this way, or even being honest and saying, gosh, I haven't seen him yet. Like I haven't seen him work this thing out yet. And I'm holding on with my fingernails and still, um, but I still have this sense of belief that God's going to do it. Like I want honesty and I want to gather people that want to be honest about their lives because I think, especially in the church, we have lost um, we've lost sometimes being really honest with each other. And I just, that's what I've loved about this podcast. And it kind of brought me back to the memory of, you know, uh, just being able to sit with people and, and, and be real and just say, Hey, this is how it's, this is how it's been. So thank you for those that have listened and joined us in 2022 and are hanging in there for 2023 and all the things that the Lord is doing. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, um, and hear and, um, sense what he's saying for this year. And I'd encourage you guys. That is my goal. I really want to encourage you in whatever I do and say, I want to encourage you in your walk, your journey, your dreams, your, um, you know, your, the things that you have on your plate right now that you feel like God's called you to and called you to dream in. And I want to be able to just encourage you in that. So let's do this. I, um, I was thinking about what to do for like our first podcast of the year. And I just was, was thinking, praying through it. And I just felt like the Lord kept speaking to me about first fruits. And so I just was like, yeah, first fruits, first fruits and giving God the first of it. And, and I just started kind of leaning into it and, and looking at it and thinking from the term of when we give God the first of something, here we are in the first of the year. Like when we give God the first of something, really, what does that mean? What is God asking for? And what's the bigger picture in all that God is saying? And I am one of those inquirers. So I just started inquiring of the Lord and asking him and, you know, really just thinking, thinking about what we do, what we do as humans when the year ends and all of those resolutions that we make, which none of them are bad. Um, I was in a season for so long where I did it. I had these new year's resolutions and so many of my friends do and 
you know, you, you can barely get into the gym, um, you know, the first of the year because, you know, everybody and their, their mothers there, um, because they've made these new year, new year's resolutions about getting fit and trained. I think that's amazing. I've done that many, many years, or you make a new year's resolution about, I'm not going to do this this year. And, um, I'm not going to go here this year. I'm going to be more mentally focused on this, or I'm going to be challenged with this, or I'm going to love more in this. And so we make all these fantastic, you know, new year's resolutions. I'm not sure what the percentage percentages are of people actually um, sticking to those New Year's resolutions. I've never looked that up, but I'm sure that there is a high percentage of people that, you know, just don't, don't end up following through for the year. Some people who are really determined are, I, I remember years ago, I mean, like years ago, I probably was in my early thirties and I was living in Houston, Texas at the time. And I met this guy on a plane and I was traveling all the time back then. And I met this guy on a plane and it's the only guy that I ever met on a plane that I ended up going out on a date with. And, um, we went out on this date and it was close to the new year. And all he could talk about was his new year's resolution. And he was determined that year to work out two hours every day and he had this whole program of, of workout that he was going to do that was like this body sculpting thing. And, and so I remember sitting at the table and I didn't think that was like, I didn't think that was weird. I just thought, wow, like you've really studied this, like you're into this, like this is everything. And, and it was all that he, it was all he was consumed by. Maybe it wasn't the first year. Maybe it was like kind of the middle part of the year because he talked about this thing, um, being in it for a while and, um, that he had never missed a day. He kept saying, you know, I've never missed a day. And, and I just remember thinking that that was dominating our conversation. That was just, it, it always went back to everything was, was that everything was, yeah, well, you know, it goes back to, to the fact that, you know, in my determination, I've done this and this and this and this. And I just remember kind of feeling like turned off, not because he, not because he had, he had challenged himself to work out. That wasn't what turned me off. But what turned me off is because that became all that he could say, all that he could think in that moment. And I was like, man, it would have been great to have met this guy on a plane, went out to dinner with him and found out like what he loved about his job, what he loved about work. Like I was asking all these questions, but it seemed like it was always going back to this sense of, you know, um, this New Year's resolution that he had. And just remembering that how that dominated. And there was a part of it that I, I remember thinking sitting there that I, I was sensing, I was like, you know what? I, why am I feeling guilty? Because I didn't make that as a New Year's resolution. Almost as if somebody else's resolution stirs this thing and your lack of making that resolution. So some, there's a flaw found in you in the discussion of it that almost like creeps on you and makes you, makes you kind of feel like, did I miss it? Like, is this like even a sign telling me you big fat slob, why did you go to the gym and, and make this new year's resolution? And I was catching myself kind of in this conversation thinking, you know what? I, I don't really want to know anything else about this guy after, after sitting there for three hours, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I don't really, I don't want to know you anymore. I don't want to 
get to know you anymore. And I remember like he texted or called a couple times after that. And I just was like, I'm really busy. I don't think this is, you know, and obviously I didn't feel anything for him. That wasn't the thing, but there, I thought about that. And it's the thing that I've remembered most about this guy was this new year's revolution resolution that he made about becoming, you know, putting his body under, under this stuff, which isn't wrong. Like none of that is wrong. I'm not saying that any of that, any of that is wrong. But when the attention on the resolution becomes the only thing you can eat, sleep, and breathe, then there's this thing. And, and that when you talk about it, it, it creates this thing on other people um, where it finds a way in their insecurities and makes them feel like, feel like something's wrong in them because they don't do it. Or you're talking to somebody and you're feeling like, I'm a horrible person because I didn't do this. Like, look, they're, they're actually obtaining these goals and they're doing these things. And then I'm not, I'm not, uh, viable because I'm, I'm not, there's something in me that's, that's not working because I haven't done that. When we, when we are the kind of people that sit there and have that conversation with ourselves, and this is why I think I remembered that date because I remember feeling more guilt after that date than the excitement of going on the date. And so it had to pull me back to, wait a second, you know, am I feeling guilty because I didn't demand something out of myself in the beginning of the year? Am I feeling guilty because it's bringing about this place in me that pulls up this insecurity of, you know, you're a procrastinator, Rita, you don't follow through, you can't really get your life in order to follow through with something. Is is that valid? Is that something in me that really needs looking at? Or is someone else's determination creating in me an insecurity that creates this place in me that feels less than because I, 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 I didn't choose that. And none of that was anything to, to put on him. Cause I'm sure that he probably his whole life has battled with his own insecurity. So it wasn't about that. It was actually, it, it provoked me to sit and think, how do I handle a new year's resolution? Like, how do I, how do I do this without putting this huge amount of guilt on myself to say, I'm going to do this and follow through with this. And, and I realized that I just, this year, because I do it every year, whether it's, you know, the last, I think probably the last five or six years, maybe more like 10, has been more words, like looking for the word of the year, looking for what the Lord, you know, what the Lord would say, one word or one prophetic thing that the Lord would say over my life. And and that word would trail through the year, which actually was more beneficial to me than being like, this year I'm joining a gym. This year I'm not eating sugar. This year I'm doing this. Like, again, none of that stuff is wrong. If it's something that the Lord is speaking, if it's something that you're feeling intensely about yourself, um, when I look at health this year, it has been, it has been something that I've really thought about because uh, the older that I get, you know, I'm, I live in chronic back pain. Like many of you guys live in some chronic joint pain or whatever. Those of you that have that know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it, my, my chronic pain has been brought on by years of, bad posture sitting at the piano and traveling in planes and then having degeneration. And so all those things colliding together have just, I'm just one of those people, maybe one in 21 and 30 that whose spines just collapse under bad posture, degeneration and stuff. And so I, 
am just in chronic back pain all the time. See a chiropractor, see a neurologist, see, you know, I've had surgery on my back. I have steel rods and pins in my back. I don't know if I've ever talked about that on the podcast. I, I probably need to do a podcast just on dealing with chronic pain because it's a full-blown mind game. And those of you that are, are chronic pain dealers um, can, can, are probably saying, yeah, it is. Yes. And amen to that. But, but that's a whole different division of even how I walk out my chronic pain with the Lord. But, you know, in thinking about this year and thinking about what do I need to do? There are things because my body is not responding the way that it did in chronic pain this season, like it's done in past seasons. I'm like, okay, we need to try a different route. We need to go in a different, we need to get very, very conscious of how not to feel this or how to make this better. And nobody wants surgery. And so I've actually thought this year about how do I do this differently and make resolutions based simply on health, not because I want to get healthy and feel better about this, but because my body is saying to me, there has to be a change if you don't want to go down this road. And so those are really the only things that I've looked at um, in resolution format where I'm like, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. And I need to do that. And a lot of that is like health regime, like vitamins that you take and, um, you know, getting really disciplined with, with drinking lots of water and things like that to not dehydrate your joints and stuff like that, which has been, um, still a mind kind of journey for me. But I refused this year to put myself under this pressure of, if you don't do this, you're going to be a failure at it. Because I think sometimes we have to be really careful about how we make resolutions because there's this cap, like if we make it till March, if you make a resolution for 12 months and you only make it to February, just pat yourself on the back that you made it for six weeks, you know, because what happens normally is um, we get to the point where we feel like, well, there we are, we failed again. And so the two weeks that we did it and then we were in it to win it or the six weeks that we were in it to win it or the three months that we were in it to, to win it, we, we, um, we feel our failure fills the, the, the time that we even did it correctly because it wasn't the 12 months that we had committed to. And I think that our, our, Heads need to be in a, in a space to where if you're going to grind yourself into a resolution and make these time, uh, you know, allotments in your resolution, then give yourself the grace that if you don't, that you're not a failure at it. You just need more endurance in preparing for that, or you need to set yourself up with goals that prepare you for it. You know, if you make a 12 month workout, you're going to do this. Well, you're not allotting that things happen in that 12 months that create havoc for your schedule. You know, sometimes things just happen and you can't do those things. So you need to build in grace in your um, resolutions where it doesn't lead to a sense of failure or a sense of procrastination or a sense of like, well, here I am, I've done this again and I've fallen back into my old habits. We all fall back into our old habits. Find a little grace, pick yourself back up and move on. Or move yourself into the space of, of, of not demanding yourself to obey a resolution, but setting yourself up for a goal that you want to make because you want to do it to better yourself in the process of health, wholeness, 
wellness, kindness, you know, relationships, those kinds of things. And there has to be this trigger that we stop pulling that, um, creates in us the failure that, um, that just swallows us whole. And I think I'm, I'm so conscious of that this year more than I've ever been. And I think it began when I realized how tough 2022 was in so many areas where I had this, I had this ability to move, to move forward in my agony physically and my mental anguish and financial distress or all the things that happen. Um, the change in, the change in perspective, the change in timing of job, the, you know, my songwriting stuff, all, all that stuff that, that where there is weight attached to it, because it was something that I did for a living and something that I've done for a living for a long time. And so there's a weight attached to that. And then when that weight becomes heavier and heavier based on the responsibility of it or the lack of it working out or the, the, um, transition in some of it, you feel this extra weight on it that actually becomes a weight and doesn't become something that you, you turn toward and say, Hey, that's becoming a weight. I need to actually feel, uh, realize how to, or, or figure out how to make that feel lighter because I'm carrying it now as a weight and an added responsibility and a worry as opposed to, Hey, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Why did that become a weight? And how do we transition that into a lighter perspective so that we're not taking it on as a mental, you know, in our mental capacity or in our physical capacity? I, 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 I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly. But if I make an example out of like, you know, um, for, for me as a songwriter, again, this is just blatant honesty, you know, as songwriters, I've always loved to just write based on, on just the love of writing. I love the fascination of putting, you know, lyric and chorus and bridge and, and, you know, um, verse together. I, I love the crashing and the collision of all of that. I love, you know, being in a room with people that you absolutely adore and you're, you're, you're blown away that you get to be in a room with these kind of people and these kind of pr- producers and these kind of thought processors. And together you're collaborating on a, on a song. For me, it's just like this exciting journey. That's how I've always looked at songwriting. When I began to take songwriting in as someone who did it for a living, you have to constantly, you, you're constantly wearing that or carrying that as this exciting thing, but it loses its luster when you're in a right and you're in another right and you're in another right. And these songs kind of just start collecting in folders, but all of a sudden they're not like, they're, they're, they're not getting traction and they're not doing this. And all of a sudden as a songwriter, you're like, you start hyperventilating and you start being like, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, the, uh, what do I do? What do I do? How do I make a song go? Like, do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Do I need to stand a certain way? Do I need to write with certain people? Do I need, and there's factors in all of that as a songwriter that are real factors that you have to like, look at and be like, okay, I'm not really like this. I can't really like sell this like this or do this like this. That's not really my go-to. But if I'm going to be able to do this and if I feel called to this, I'm going to have to give into that a little bit or do this a little bit different or do this a little bit different. And all of a sudden, 
the, the, the picture of the love that you have for what you do is now kind of like strained by all of this process and all of this stuff. And so I guess that's an example of that I'm trying to make of how sometimes, um, the weight of things can become so, oh, just so, um, heavy and so just like, ugh, I don't want to do this anymore kind of a thing. And when I register, I'm not having fun at this anymore. There are two ways you can go in that. There, there, there is this, I feel the weight of it and I just don't want to do it anymore. I want to write it off and just stop doing it anymore. And then you, you just cast it off because it wasn't working the way it, somebody else said it was supposed to work. It wasn't working the way that you thought you were supposed to get it to be working. And you've lost the whole beautiful beginning of why you did it in the first place. And that is always so, so sad to me because where I've been the most broken and struggled the most especially as the year turns and you're like, oh, oh, oh gosh, you're setting your goals for the new year. Goals are never wrong. None of that stuff is wrong. I'm going to say it over and over and over because I think in our brains sometimes we're like, well, if we're trying to set goals, but our goals are setting us up for failure, then we can't. No, it's it's not about setting yourself up with goals to set yourself up for failure. It's setting yourself up with goals that are actually like, reachable and not goals that, that take you out of who you are, out of what you do and completely, you know, in a context that isn't, I'm not going to like set myself a goal to run a marathon because my physical chronic back, you know, with all of its limitations probably can't handle that. So I'm not going to make a goal for myself that I can't reach and force myself to do something that if I fail at it, I'm and then gonna gonna look at my whole life differently because I failed at it. I want to actually look at things differently and say, "Hey, I feel the weight of this and the weight of that and the weight of that." But instead of casting it off and kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, let's go back to songwriting, look at it, and say, "What created the angst?" You know, I used to love doing this and doing that and doing that, and all of a sudden it becomes this this angst. So pull back. Reach a, reach a, a goal. The goal is fall in love with what you do again and fall in love with why you, you do it again. You know, while we're on the subject of songwriting for me, because maybe some of you, I hope that maybe the, 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 the illustration of this is, uh, is easy enough to adapt to with, with regard to what your own thing is. And songwriting is just one of them for me. Um, but because it's what I do a lot of, it is, it's been really kind of an interesting thing because I've been doing it for 30 years and it's something that I've always loved to do. And I've set a precedent on myself that I would never do it for the dollar. And that's not really in a world of a professional songwriter, probably the best goal, because if you really want to be successful as a songwriter, you're going to have to do it for the dollar. I mean, it's just... It, it, you may be one in a million that, you know, writes a song uh, and it, it's a number one hit and you can live off that one song for the rest of your life. But when you're really trying to be a professional songwriter, you're, we're in this sort of kind of game in the industry. And it's not a game that God has ordained. It's not a game that God has, 
has designed, but it is a, a, a man's world. It's a man's designed game. And there, the charts are, I've said this before, the charts are a man designed thing. It's a human designed thing. And that's not a God designed thing. And so I don't think God puts our songs on Richter scales. I don't think he gives us awards for our songs. And he, he says that one song's better than another song. I just don't think that that's who God is. But in our, in our world, that's what we do. That's, that's the, the system that we know as. So as a songwriter, you're, you're, you're constantly in this realm. You're constantly being, um, you know, uh, compared to, and you're constantly feeling the pressure of, well, you know, you're one in a million. And so you're going to write another song about that certain thing. And 500 other people have written the same song. And it's kind of a crapshoot for that to ever do its thing. And I found out that I have more um, love, more passion, more energy, um, more tenacity in, in songwriting itself when it's done without the pressure of, I've got to do this in order to be loved, be liked, be known, and make a living at it. And when I take that off the table, even though that they're a part of that, all of those things are part of what I've chosen to do with my life. That That's a given, they're part of it. But when those things become the focus, then I lose the love for the gift itself. And I have to pull back and every year I have to reevaluate because, you know, you put out an album in a year and if that album doesn't go well, or you put out songs that don't go well, you, in terms of sellable, downloadable, whatever, you know, when you look at that and you start looking at numbers and you look at all those things, again, it's not bad to do that. But when that becomes your focus and you, and you start living your life under that thing, you, you feel the weight and the pressure of it. And so, the, the beginning of the new year could have this kind of thing where you're like, you're building this reputation where all of a sudden, you know, at the end of the year, you feel the weight in all of these different dimensions of what you do that you're like, I feel the weight of that. What do I do? And how then do we look at the weight that's being applied in those areas and, and not cast them out like, you know, throw them out like a baby with, with the bathwater, you know, kind of that, that old mentality. But actually look at those weights and say, why did I carry that differently this year than I carried it the year before? Why did I feel it this year as intensely, more intensely than I did before? Why did it bother me this year? Why did, and so I, I just really felt like when I started thinking about the year flipping, I started thinking about all the weights that, that the, the 2022 had created, all the beautiful things, but then all the things that were added weights that I, I was hearing myself say in November, you know, in early November, late October, early November, I just, I, I don't think this is my deal anymore. I think I just want to give this away. Like, I don't think I want to do this anymore. It's created such an angst. I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want to go there anymore. I, I just, that's created such a weight. Instead of just being so kind of um, rash and just saying, you know, I don't, I, I'm just not going to do that. But, but really collecting the weight of everything and saying, why, why did I feel the weight of this there? What was my worry? What was my weariness? What was, what were those things? And I kind of spent 
the resting place, not resting in those things, but resting away from those things and acknowledging the weight of it and acknowledging that the weight of it wasn't the gift itself, but the weight of it was what, what the outside world had placed on those things that began to tell a story in my life that wasn't the story that God was telling. And so I'm, I, I'm hoping that that kind of makes a little bit of sense. I think it, 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 caused me to think about the wording of first fruits and um, what that looked like for the new year. If, if we gave, if I gave God the first fruits, what does that look like now? You know, when, when we're talking about first fruits or we're talking about, you know, anything remotely like that, it's going to, for those of us again, in the church and faith, you know, it, it's the terminology of like a tithe, like you, you do a tithe. I'm not, I'm not really talking here about tithing your money. Although I have been an avid tither my whole life and I have seen that that very thing that I do consistently has always covered me in any season of my life. So I don't get into tithing. You know, if somebody asks me about it, I'll talk about it. Um, I think some of the best tithing perspective you can ever read about is actually from Pastor Robert Morris's book, The Blessed Life. I was on staff at Gateway Church for seven years. And that book changed my life. I was an avid tither before that, but there was a mentality I think that hadn't clicked in when I um, read that book. And it, it, it has nothing to do with prosperity. It basically has everything to do with with the surrendering of your heart and, and just being a giver and turning into a giver. And so that's my language. That's part of my love language is to give, give, give. And that book changed my life. But when we're talking about first fruits, I want to just bring in this perspective that, you know, tithing a 10th of, of what you, um, what you earn to me is a little bit different, even though it's in the same kind of category of, of giving the first fruits. Scripturally, we see that kind of mirrored in a lot of different ways. But first fruits have to do with harvest. And so giving, giving the first fruits is this, this picture, um, so I'm going to paint this picture for you of, of like a, a farmer who's had this crop that he's been growing in a season and, um, the fruit or the crop or the, the harvest is in and you're reaping the harvest. And out of that harvest, you give your first batch of wheat. You give your first batch of cherries. You give your first batch of, you know, peaches. If you have a peach orchard or, you know, whatever kind of, you know, crop you have, you give the first fruits as a sacrifice or an offering unto the Lord. So when you look at it in terms of, of that, it's you're, you're, you're declaring to the Lord, you're going to give him the first of what comes from the harvest. And I, I just thought about that in terms of, man, I want to, I want to, do the first fruits. I want to be able to give God the first fruits. We're in the first of the year. How can we then give God the first of this year? Um, do we give him the first of our intentions? I think, yeah, I, I, that was big for me. It was like, what are my intentions this year? What are my goals? What are the things that I would create resolutions out of? And instead of saying, I'm going to blah, 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 I, I started using the vocabulary of Lord, I, you know, my, my 
spine needs attention this year. And so out of the harvesting of what I want to do in health for this year, I'm giving you this. I'm giving you this harvest out of this. And so, so it's, it's this intention of what is your harvest of this year? What are the things that you are sowing into belief? Whether it is like, whether it's a, 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 just a certain word that you're harvesting before the Lord, like I'm, I'm this, this year, the word belief is my harvest. Like that's where I'm going to till my seed. That's where I'm going to plant my seed. I'm going to till the soil. I'm going to, I'm going to water my belief this year. And then as that belief begins to grow, you're giving God back the first fruits of those beliefs. What does that look like to you? What does it look like to you to, you know, maybe it is a tithe for some of you, you know, um, every, um, fourth or fifth year, I double my tithe every year. I, I, I try to say, okay, this year I'm going to give this amount of money. And it, it isn't based on what I think I'm going to make. It has nothing about that. It's always based off of just the commitment to the Lord. I'm committing to give you this, you know, the first fruits in the Hebrew word, um, is, is a, is a word called bikurim. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. And bikurium, bikurim. And it, it translates to, um, a, a promise to come. And if you actually like research this in scripture, it kind of goes back to the, the, um, the three festivals that God commands in the Old Testament. And there are these three festivals that God kind of gave, um, the Israelites in, Man's. And there was the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of the harvest, and then the festival of the gathering. And, and Bikram was the festival of the harvest. It was the, it was the, the, um, third, I think it was the third day. And it was, um, offering the, the, the first fruits. It was offering the first of your labors, all the first of your labors, which when you start, and I'm not going to get into all of it here, but it's actually really wild how the first fruits that, that Bikram, um, in scripture, um, translates all throughout the Old Testament into like giving the first fruits on the third day, which is this illumination of the Messiah and the third day of the resurrection of the Messiah. And um, it, it, it's just, it's fascinating. If you guys, I wish I were a scholar of scripture more than anything. Uh, I, 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 I say a wish. Yeah, I probably could be if I wanted to. But when I sit down with the scriptures and I just start gleaning and looking at it, I always, there's this trail that I go on and I'm not going to take that trail extensively here in this, but I just, I, I, I bring that up because of just the whole idea and the beauty of um, of the first fruits. It was, it was the Israelites investment. The first fruits were the investments that they made into the things that they wanted God to do for them. And, and God had told them to bring to him the first of their harvest and that he would bless them afterward. And I just, I don't know, to me, that's just this really beautiful idea for the new year. What can you bring God first? Um, what can you do automatically first? You know, uh, as I'm, as I'm recording this, I, I thought it was so prophetic today as I was like, I need to do this today. And it's the, the third of January today. And this podcast won't be released on the third, but, but I just thought, gosh, like this is just so in alignment with just the Bikram or the, or the first fruits, um, the promise to come, you know, Jesus makes himself, 
the first fruits. Like Jesus makes himself the promise to come. And what, what opportunities that we have in the beginning of this year aren't necessarily to set goals for uh, ourselves that, that are out of our reach. Don't set goals that are too far out of your reach. And if you do, give yourself the grace to go back at them. If you're, if you have ended the year of 2022 feeling the weight of all these other things, understand where the weight is. Maybe take some time to, to figure out where has this weight been and don't cast it off and just throw it away and be like, I'm never doing that again. That's too hard. But, um, but, Look at the, look at the weight of it and maybe dissect or sit down and figure out, you know, where is this weight coming from? Why is it affecting me? Why does it feel so? And did I allow something in my life in a season that shouldn't have been? Was I giving a voice, somebody a voice that shouldn't be there? Was I, was I allowing the outside world to like dominate my thoughts in this to make me feel less than in this? I think it's a really beautiful perspective to, to go back. And look at those things. You know, I gave songwriting as my example of understanding those kind of weights that bear down on you. But for, for many of you, it's different things. You know, uh, I've got friends that have, you know, kids that are struggling um, with with disease and, and sickness. And it's like, how do you offer in the beginning of the year the first fruits even of your, of, of like, Oh my God, what's this year going to, 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 to be? How, how am I going to process this year out with my, my kids, you know, illness or the medical bills that we're facing or all, I mean, what all, there are things that are looming over us. And I'm even wondering, like, do, do we look at those things not as goals or weights, but do we look at those things as what in there are the first fruits of that that's coming at me that I could say, I'm going to actually give the Lord every worry that's in this thing. I'm going to give it to him as an offering because I'm not going to keep that and let that fester in me. I'm actually going to pull that and give that to the Lord and be like, uh, I'm, and I'm also going to give to the Lord, my expectation for, for things. I'm just going to pull all my expectation out and hand that to the Lord. In the beginning of the year, I'm just going to say, God, this is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you this year. I'm giving you all of the goodness of this year. I'm giving you all of the reaping that will happen in this year. And right from the beginning, from the gate, before even maybe some of us have even seen the harvest, is that you just what is it today? What is it today that is your that are your first fruits? You know, what is it that you want to be committed to, to the Lord? What is it you want to be committed to physically? What is it you want to be committed to spiritually? Are there relationships in your life that you're like, I don't think these are going well. I need to actually curve how I pull people into my life and let them stay there when they're not supposed to stay there. Or how I let other family members dictate things about me. How do I let, you know, people inherit my goodness when they have no business to my inheritance? And, and I don't know, maybe think about it in, in a way that we've never thought about it before. For me, th- those are things that I'm doing. Um, I'm being really conscious of the first fruits and, some of us have seeds, you know, and we're planting our seed. And what seed are you planting? Maybe it's a word you're planting in the soil. You know, if we go down to, you know, the hardware store and we buy a packet of seeds, if we keep them in the bag, nothing's going to happen. It's really miraculous when you think about 
the transformation of a seed being in a package from a seed being out of the package. You know, you maybe have a 50-50 chance based on, you know, when you put that seed in the soil, maybe the chances are, are probably higher on that. But but it's miraculous that you know that if you put it in the soil, you have a chance for something to grow. If you keep it in the envelope, it's never going to meet up with its expectation. And some of us, you know, live our lives like that too, where we keep, we keep our stuff in an envelope because we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and we've tried and we've been disappointed after disappointment after disappointment and after disappointment. And Maybe your first first fruits are just taking the seed out of the envelope and saying, I'm giving you the first of of all of my expectation of this. I'm giving you all of what I I even fear um, that may not happen, but I'm giving you, I'm handing you all of those things. I mean, it's a wild idea to, to take, you know, the first of everything and turn it back to the Lord and, and be like, I'm just going to hand you this because I can't do it. Because if what you're reaping, if what you're getting back from your harvest is worry and you're offering God your worry, then, then praise God that you're offering God the worry that he can take because he's able to handle it. That's the beauty of, of the Lord. Does he want the first of everything that comes from us? Yeah, he does. But I think he takes all the stuff that's in us. If, if all that we're harvesting is the grief of the past season and we're willing to say, God, I'm going to give you all of this chunk on the surface, all this crud on the surface. And it's not, it's not a gift. It doesn't look like it, it, it's, it's going to promote anything, but I'm giving it to you because I can't bear it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And my gift to you is I'm giving you my worry. I'm giving you my fear. I'm giving you all these things. And if in return I get peace, I'm giving you the first fruits of my peace as well. And so I think it's the mentality of handing back to God those things that um, that are in the garden of our of our sowing. What are you sowing? What are you planning on sowing this year that maybe perhaps God God needs the, the first fruits in? And and those are maybe that's just too random. I don't know. Maybe that's just too thick of a conversation to have. Um, but my, my prayer for, for those of you that are listening is that you take, you take the things that have been and you transform them, however heavy they've been into the things that will no longer do the, do, um, uh, do to you that, um, doesn't elevate you to a place of, of, of being able to cast off what needs to be cast off, to understand the wisdom of, of being able to understand, I don't need that part of it. I don't need that part of it. I don't need that part of it. You know, if we're going back to the songwriting illustration, you know, my year looks so different with my songwriting, but I've become intentional too about being like, look, I'm not going to put set goals for myself that I can't maintain, but I'm also going to enrich my life with subjects, with things, and with people that I really want to 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 write with or be in the room with in intentionally being like, I'm going to do this. And I'm, some of those categories will be like, we're going to write for this because we need to get this out. We're going to write for this because this person has this coming up and that's going to be a goal for, um, for growth and for streaming and for this and this. I think it's okay to have those kind of things. Those aren't my, 
those aren't the things that I look at to say, if that's not happening, I'm not a person. If that's not happening, I'm a loser. If that's not how, those are the things it's like, you have to curb. You have to be like, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going to look at that because they steal the essence of the joy of what it is you're doing it in the first place for. Sometimes the money's great, but you know what? Money isn't, um, money doesn't hold the answer to peace and passage with the Lord. And so money can steal the desire and the heart of the very thing God's given us to do. And so again, balance people. I always talk about balance, balance, balance all these, th- those things out. And for me, it's, it's being intentional about this, intentional about this, but pulling back from if I don't, do this, 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 and this. I'm a loser this year in that category. And if I'm a loser in that category, then I'm just going to wipe myself off the face of the earth in that category. Because why should I do this? God's not blessing it. It's not doing this. It's not doing this. And I'm all of a sudden creating a story about the very gifting that God's given me that God isn't telling. And that's another thing. It's like, should we this year become people who lean into what is the story God is telling you about your life this year. And, and where is that story? And what location is that story in? What's the setting for that story that God is saying? And if you have been telling a story that God's not telling, then you're going to have to stop telling your story and go back and say, what's the story you're telling of me? Because the story I've been telling of myself in my job, in my parenting, in this, in that, isn't the story that you've been telling. You know, I, I could have used the example, um, from songwriting to parenting. Um, you know, and, and used parenting as like, because boy, as parents, those of you that are parents, man, how many times do we tell, tell a story about our parenting that the Lord isn't telling based on how our kids are responding, how life is going? How can our kids be choosing this or choosing that with the way that we walk with the Lord, the way that our choices? I mean, the, the mind game that we play as parents. I mean, I could have used just about any illustration in my life to just kind of dictate how this year has, uh, last year has kind of labored in, you know, this heavy laboring of questioning and, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I, and I've had to pull myself, pull the reins back on this horse that's been driving me down a mountain and, and, just reevaluate and say, wait a second, I'm not going into this new year telling the same old story. And I'm not going into this new year canceling all of these gifts because of the story that, that I've been recycling and retelling to myself that has no place in the kingdom of God and no place in the art of my own life. And so I want to just encourage those of you to, to find those areas in your life, look at the weight that the last year has. And as you, as you, as you flip into this year, whether you're doing fasts and all kinds of stuff that we do, which are brilliant and beautiful to do, that you, you just go back to, to, to the bicurium or the, the bicurum, um, you know, of, of the Bible, the, the first fruits of the Bible, the promise to come and say, gosh, what promises can I make? You know, what, what first fruits can I give? What simplicity can I take from this and, and be intentional about giving God the first and realizing that I'm going to get him in the end because he is the promise to come. Like he is, he is, 
you know, the first fruit of the world. He is the thing that laid himself down before anything or anyone ever laid itself down and gave us the refuge of salvation and the redemption by his blood. And, and that's my 2023 first for, for those of you that are listening is that you would grab a hold of the first and that, and that you would look back and, and, and lean forward in this new year that I, I think it's going to be a new year full of really beautiful things. If we're willing to see them as beautiful things, you know, good times aren't just seen as beautiful things. Grief is seen as something beautiful and trial can be seen as something beautiful. Um, even though it's hard, we can look at this next 12 months and, um, and see it as like, wow, like I just kept giving God all these things and he just kept returning peace back to me because if there's anything God's going to give us, he's going to give us peace. He's going to give us the peace that passes all understanding. You know, I, I when I think of the projection of this year, I'm like, I start getting, you know, sweaty under my eyelids, you know, from other than my hot flashes, from um, just the thought that my kids graduating high school in May of 2023 makes me actually kind of um, weepy thinking about, wow, like 18 years and in 18 years, all of the things that I've had to endure as a single parent and all of the beauties and all the the very difficult, difficult things of, am I going to make it through this? Am I going to make it through this? Am I going to make it through this? And then the, the, you know, the, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, my kid's graduating high school and he's going to go to college. And how are we going to do this? And it's like, there are so many things that could cause me to panic on January 3rd, 2023 and grab a hold of all of my anxiety and have me twitching, you know, and, and I, I, I feel like, you know, Holy Spirit's just like, this is, that's beautiful. Like, that's amazing. Look at that goal. Look at that beautiful 18-year goal that was set and met. And you'd said yes 18 years ago. And and you need to 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 get toward May and run toward May with this grand excitement of the explosion of his future and not worry about how to do this or how to do that, but put all of that, give all of the first of those worries and cast them by my feet and just be like, we're not doing this. We're we're or we're gonna I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just believe that God has everything in his control because I'm willing to give him full, absolute first control. So I hope that makes sense. My love to all of you and to where you're at in your goal setting for this year. Um, and again, thank you for coming with me on this um, crazy little journey I'm on with this podcast. And there's so many beautiful things we're doing this year. I always want to shout out to you and me media for um, being the podcast, um, I don't know what, do you, what do you, am I going to call them? The, my, my, my podcast pastors, <laughs> they're just so great, um, at putting this podcast out every, um, every week and just helping me meet my goals and, um, just an incredible team there. Shout out to them. Also excited about these, um, next, uh, three months of the first mentoring that I'm doing online mentoring where I can really only take, um, well, I'm taking 11 this season for three months, once a week, just mentoring one-on-one. We're going to open up some Patreon this year. 
um, coming this month and open up some webinars to do some teaching with groups and, and just all kinds of stuff, keeping me really, really busy and really in need of the Lord at all times, which is great. So if, um, if you're interested in one-on-one mentoring, you can always go to readyspringer.com. There's a mentoring page right there. Um, I think we are taking applications for, um, April to, um, June now, uh, so you've got time to apply for that. Um, any, um, dates that are, are, uh, goal dates that we, um, need you guys to, or deadline dates that we need you guys to, to apply with, we'll, we'll send those out via Instagram and, and, uh, the website and, um, social media. But, um, we are full for the first three months. I'm so excited about the students that are in there and looking forward to meeting with them in our first week next week. But those are some exciting things that we're doing. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying for this year um, that we would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living and that we would hold our first fruits out for the Lord himself. So bless all of you. 